Hello and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast, connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. On May 11th, Fidelity Investments Canada hosted Focus 2023, a day-long event for advisors featuring Fidelity's portfolio managers, subject matter experts and thought leaders. Sessions ran both on stage in Vancouver to a live audience and from our Toronto studio for a crowd of thousands more online. On today's podcast, we're bringing you a presentation about the newly launched FHSA or tax-free first home savings account. Our retirement and tax experts, Peter Bowen and Michelle Monroe, discuss the main highlights of the new investment vehicle and how the FHSA could fit in your overall investment strategy. Buying a home can be a challenge for many first-time home buyers, especially in today's environment, but this new registered account allows you to save up to $40,000 tax-free towards the purchase of your first home. Peter explains how the FHSA is a powerful investment tool that combines the benefits of an RRSP and TFSA. He says there is no tax on the withdrawal from an FHSA if it's going towards the first purchase of a home. And there are other options like transferring FHSA funds into an RRSP or RIF. Michelle addresses common questions about the FHSA, such as contribution room and criteria and eligibility of the investment account. If you'd like more information on the new First Home Savings Account and other tax and retirement topics, please reach out to Michelle or Peter. And as always, you can connect with your Fidelity sales rep. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada, ULC, or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. Hello everyone. Yes, we're going to talk about the new First Home Savings Account today. And this is a powerful account. It's a hybrid, best of both worlds. Like an RSP, you get a deduction on the way in. Like the TFSA, it's tax-free on the way out, as long as it's used for the intended purpose. Now, these are surprisingly complex accounts. We've been getting lots of questions. We'll run through some of the most common questions today. But to kick things off, Michelle, why don't you talk to us about who can open the account and the contributions? Okay, let's start with who can open the account. Well, the account opener, let's say it's you, has to be an individual resident in Canada. Second qualification is that you need to be between ages 18 and age 71. The third qualification is that you need to be a first time home buyer. So that means you or your spouse or common law partner haven't owned a qualified property and you haven't lived in it as your principal place of residence during the calendar year up to the account time of account opening or any of the four previous years. Now, 95% of the time, it's going to be very straightforward. But the other 5% of the time, you're going to want to go back to that actual definition. So how much can you contribute? The annual maximum is $8,000 per year with a lifetime maximum of $40,000. 
not insignificant. Now, we've been getting lots of questions about this account. Peter, why don't you kick us off? Yes, one of the most uh, common questions I get about is about rental properties. So early on, actually, someone came to me, this individual and his spouse, uh, actually, they own three rental properties. But the rental property that they themselves live in, they don't own. So do they qualify? You know, this account is meant to help people get into the housing market. They're into the housing market you know, in a big way and have done very well from it. And yet the answer is yes, they can use this account. It may not make a lot of sense, but there do seem to be a lot of loopholes here. So let's take advantage of them. Michelle? Okay. One of the questions I've had is about the carry forward room. And there's some differences here. So let's run through a scenario. Here we have is someone opens the account in year one. Let's just say they put a dollar in just to get the account open. And then in year two, the carry forward room would be effectively $8,000 carry forward from year one plus another $8,000 for year two. In year three, oh, in year two, they don't make a contribution. So now in year three, how much can they contribute? Is it 24,000 or is it 16,000? The answer is 16,000 because the maximum carry forward cumulative room is $8,000. So in year three, they have $8,000 carry forward room plus the $8,000 contribution room for year three. It's an important nuance and it's different than the RSPs and TFSAs and one to be aware of. Another question uh, we've been getting is what about US citizens living in Canada? And they have a surprisingly complex tax situation, of course, uh, in that they need to file a US tax return as well as a Canadian tax return. So we think this is similar to the TFSA and accountants have sometimes said US citizens should not have a TFSA. Why? Two reasons. Firstly, there's a particular form that some accountants think needs to be filed with the IRS. It's onerous and therefore expensive. The thinking seems to have shifted to the point where many accountants are of the view that form is not required. Secondly, it's not tax-free on the US tax return. But even there, think about it, US tax rates are lower and often uh, the individual will have uh, Canadian taxes that they can use as a foreign tax credit to offset some or all of the tax on the TFSA on the US tax return. Add to that, when we're talking about this account, the deduction for Canadian tax purposes, and it seems to be pretty powerful even for US citizens living in Canada. One final caution is that we always recommend that the US citizens talk to their own cross-border tax advisor to make sure they're on side with the approach. Yeah, it's surprisingly sometimes complex situations for US citizens living in Canada. Um, one of the questions I often get is, can a parent contribute to their adult child's first home savings account? The short answer is no, but we can help them out a little bit. What, how we could get there is where the parent would gift or loan money to their adult child, and then the adult child opens the account, makes their own contribution, and claims their own deduction. The parent doesn't get the deduction. Uh, an important thing to be thinking about as well is that while often the adult child will be in a lower tax bracket, they can defer claiming that deduction indefinitely, but into a year where they're in a higher tax bracket, and then they can get more tax savings 
from, from deferring that deduction. So this is really an opportunity for the advisor community to having those discussions often with their older clients in a way to engage the next generation. And also helping those older clients, could be parents or grandparents, help the next generation save for that first home. Great. Well, you talked about opening the account. Uh, that actually starts a 15-year clock, doesn't it? So, uh, which ends earlier if we happen to hit age 71 first. Uh, there are, by the end of that 15-year period, the account needs to be dealt with. There are three ways. Firstly, if we use it in the intended purpose, pull the money out to buy a qualified home tax-free. All good. Uh, if we pull the money out for some other purpose, though, that's taxable. Probably not a great strategy in most circumstances. And finally, uh, we can transfer the funds to an RSP on a tax-deferred basis as well. Uh, so that does open up some opportunities. Michelle, what have you been right. hearing? So lots of questions. I've had this question a number of times is, can I use the first home savings account and the home buyer's plan for that first home purchase? And there's been a lot of confusion about this. Uh, when the first home savings account was first introduced, it was an either or first home savings account or the home buyer's plan. But when the actual legislation, which has been enacted, was released in the fall, I can confirm it is and. So just confirming you could use both the first home savings account and the home buyer's plan for the same first home purchase. That's a lot of tax assistance to buying that first home, isn't it? It is. Uh, question I get is about that RSP uh, transfer. And it's, well, do I need to have RSP room in order to do that transfer? The answer is no, you don't need RSP room. It doesn't use RSP room. So in circumstances where people are, are utilizing that strategy, it's like an extra $40,000 worth of RSP room. Think about the divorcee who didn't get the family home five years ago when they split from their, their, their ex-spouse uh, and has been renting since then and perhaps never intends to buy a place. Well, they can take advantage of this account put in their $40,000 over the next five years, transfer it to the RSP, boom, they've got an extra $40,000 worth of RSP room, even if they never intend to buy a home. It's not how I would have necessarily set up the account, but it opens up opportunities uh, for advisors. Michelle, why don't you wrap things up for us? Yeah, you know, so much of what we talk about is really targeted towards that young investor starting saving tax efficiently for their first home. But Peter, you touched upon something. There's a lot of opportunities to be using this account in non-traditional ways. Uh, we do have a number of resources available to advisors that could be used with their clients available on fidelity.ca. As well as Peter and I are available. We can talk about first home savings account, taxes, estate planning, a lot of retirement research topics. We're available to support you. Just talk to your Fidelity sales team. I hope you've learned a lot from this. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash how to buy for more information. 
while visiting Fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time.